Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. If you're looking for more purpose, more passion, more joy in your life, then you have come to the right place. I am your host, coach and life alchemist, Sharin Eskandani, and I have worked with thousands of people showing them how to create their dream lives while also living their dream lives. This podcast is where mindset, mindfulness, and manifestation meet. Together, we're going to release limiting beliefs, put your dreams into motion, all while prioritizing your ease, rest, and joy. Let's do this, love. Hi, love. Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. This is where we take a deeper dive into my Mindset Monday post, which you can read on Instagram at Wholehearted Coaching. Or if you want to go even deeper into this week's episode and get my free weekly journal prompts, sign up for my email list and you'll be able to explore the topics we're talking about in this episode even further. You can do that in the show notes or by heading to my website, wholehearted-coaching.com. And if you're interested in working with me, whether that's one-on-one in one of my group programs or one of my transformational courses, you can head to my website, wholehearted-coaching.com slash offerings to find out more. And of course, you can also head to the show notes and all of this information will be waiting for you there. All right, love, welcome to this week's episode. So today's episode is in honor of the holidays. More specifically, we're going to be looking at how we can thrive during the holiday season. Now listen, I love this time of year. It is my favorite time of year. The Mariah Carey of it all. The peppermint everything. I know that's polarizing, but I love peppermint bark. And re-watching Love Actually for like the billionth time. This is truly the most wonderful time of year. However, I also know that this can be a very overwhelming and stressful time of year as well. We have so much more demands on our time and energy. We're having to spend more time with family, friends, and colleagues than we're used to or that we'd like to. Professionally and personally, a lot can be asked of us. For many of us, we may be going into this season with a lot of mixed feelings. We may look forward to parts of it and also dread other parts of it. So in this episode, I want to get us ready for the holidays. I want us to be thinking about ways that we can thrive instead of just surviving, just getting through the holidays. Because love, I want you to be able to enjoy the next few weeks, whether that is with family or cozied up by yourself on the couch watching Emma Thompson get her heart broken again when she opens up the damn gift and it's not the necklace. <sighs> That's a love actually reference. That part breaks my heart every time. Her little tear? Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't. Okay, but before we dive in, I wanna share two things with you. First, I have a bit of a cold and so I feel like I sound a little bit like this, but I just wanted to put it out there because I know I sound a little off, a little congested in this episode. I'm sorry, y'all. It's a nasal cold, okay? And number two, next week, there will be an episode. However, 
for the month of December, we're going to be taking some time off. And we're going to be replaying the best of 2022. So there will be weekly episodes. However, they're going to be some of our most downloaded and most liked episodes from this last year. This is a great time for you to revisit or catch up on episodes that you haven't listened to. And also, as a holiday gift to the podcast, it would be amazing if you could like, rate, and review the podcast where you can. That would just be the greatest gift for me. And I thank you in advance. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about how we can thrive during the holiday season. I want to share a parable with you. This is the parable of the prickly porcupine. So, it was an incredibly cold winter. So cold that a lot of animals in the forest were unfortunately freezing to death. And the porcupines had this amazing idea. They thought, you know what? If we can all huddle together in the evenings, we can keep warm with our collective body heat. And so they decided to do this and their idea worked. In the evenings, the porcupines would gather together, they'd huddle together, and they would keep each other warm. However, they were also, of course, porcupines. And they would keep pricking each other and poking each other with their prickly porcupine selves. And they would keep wounding the people next to them, not intentionally, but of course because they are porcupines. And while the warmth was wonderful, this mutual pricking of each other was really uncomfortable. So they said, you know what? We thought this was a good idea. We're keeping warm, but this is terrible. We keep pricking and stabbing and wounding each other. So they thought we cannot be this close to each other. We have to distance ourselves. And so in the evenings, instead of huddling, they would keep a distance from each other. But of course, it was so cold that some of the porcupines started to die. And it became really clear that they couldn't be so distant and far from each other, that they would need to be closer together. They would have to deal with the discomfort of being needled by their companions. And so they decided to return to the huddle. They learned to live with the little wounds caused by their closeness, their closeness to their companions, their friends, their family. They realized that in order to survive and stay warm, they would just have to put up with certain things, the needling, the little pricks, the little stabs. This parable resonates so deeply with me because, listen, I love my family. But damn if they don't get on my nerves. <laughs> you know, we have this real fundamental human need to be close to one another and connected. And I think that's especially true during the holiday season, during this time of year. But that closeness can often cause us pain. Those little needles being what our mother says or what our sibling chooses to do or how a friend doesn't show up for us. So understanding that, hey, being in community can be great, but it can also be triggering at times, difficult at times, overwhelming at times. So in today's episode, I want to share with you four tools that allow me to thrive during the holiday season. We're going to call this the Holiday Thrival Toolkit. 
I just made that up. I do not know if it's catchy, but you know, let's just go with it. Okay, so let's get into our first tool. Non-negotiables. There can be a lot of demands on our time and energy during the holidays. And I find that during this time of year, my routines, the routines that help ground me, totally go out the window. Like whenever I visit my parents, I have the best of intentions to meditate and journal every day, but I will barely crack my journal open. And there's more social events, so I find that we're going out more, and in the mornings I want to sleep in, so then I don't do my morning routine. Y'all, we all know what this is like when we have more things to do, we're traveling more, our day-to-day schedule is less predictable or regular. And so the things that we do that help really nourish us can kind of get pushed to the side. But what we really have to remember is that these things are foundational to our mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. They are truly what allow us to be our best selves during the holiday season. Now, what we have to understand is that we may not have time for all the things that help ground us, but we have to find a few that become what I call our non-negotiables. Okay, so no negotiations. These are things that we have to do, that I have to do. So for me, walking and exercise are my non-negotiables. Every morning when I visit my family, my parents, I either go to the gym or go for a walk. I also make sure to take a few books with me, both fiction and nonfiction, and read a few pages each day. And when I'm home with my husband, right, when I'm not traveling or away, during the holiday season, I really make sure to do my morning routine no matter what we did the night before. This really makes me a better human towards myself and others. So as we are slowly easing our way into this time of year, I want you to think of two or three non-negotiables, just two or three, really thinking of them intentionally. Think of what really allows you to feel nourished and grounded and really making sure to prioritize those things. You know, I've used this analogy on the podcast before, but I want you to imagine that you are like a beautiful flower or plant. And anytime you get a flower or plant, right, you get those like instructions that come that little tab that's in the soil. I want you to imagine what would be on that tab for you, right? So for a plant, it's like needs a lot of sunlight, weekly watering, whatever that is, like, what do you need? Do you need sunlight, right? Do you need lots of water? Do you need to read? Do you need some you time? What are those things that allow for your plant, your flower to blossom and bloom? And of course, as we do this, I want you to take into account what's also realistic and feasible. So instead of maybe going for your regular hour-long walk, you do 30 minutes. Instead of a 30-minute morning routine, you do 15 minutes. A little is a lot, love. Do not make perfect the enemy of good. And when you figure out your non-negotiables, really honor them. Really make a commitment to them. And I think it helps when you make them realistic because it's more feasible to follow through on them. But we're calling these non-negotiables for a very good reason. We aren't negotiating here. We're not negotiating with anyone else or ourselves, right? We're not going to talk ourselves out of these things 
that allow us to thrive. And when you are in community, don't make your non-negotiables a request. Meaning, instead of saying, is it okay if I go for a walk? Say, I'm going for a walk. Do you see the difference there? We're not asking for permission. We are letting people know. Your non-negotiables are going to be your anchor during the holiday season. And sometimes they will even be a life raft. They are what you can come back to when you feel lost at sea, overwhelmed by it all. So love, taking the time now to figure out what those things are. This is really important, right? When we're in the midst of it, we are so overwhelmed by all the things that we can lose track of what really helps ground us. So taking a moment to think of what your two or three non-negotiables are. Number two, figure out your values. This is something that I talk about often, and it's something that I believe is so incredibly important. Love, I need you to figure out how you want to feel this holiday season. Find three to five feelings or values that you want to prioritize, create, cultivate for the next six weeks or so. So when I say that, right, think, how do I want to feel? Is it joy? Is it vibrancy, presence, gratitude? Ask yourself, imagine if I was to have the most amazing, incredible holiday season ever, how would I be feeling? What are the feelings that I would have during that time? Figure those feelings out. So maybe it's like joy, connection, community, or perhaps it's play, awe, abundance. Really taking the time to figure out what are the feelings and values that I want to feel and then prioritizing those things. You know, this is a time of year when we can easily fall victim to our expectations, our expectations of how things should be. It's a time of year in which we can easily fall into our perfectionist tendencies if we're not mindful of it, right? So, We're having a dinner party for family and friends, and we become so fixated on making everything perfect, all the little details, everything, that we miss out on the entire experience. We don't connect with any of our favorite people, or we stress ourselves out so much that we're completely drained after. You know, I'll never forget the first Christmas that I had with Raj, my husband. So this was the very first Christmas that we had together, and we were going to be spending it solo. I was so excited, and I wanted to make the most perfect Christmas of all time. I wanted everything to be perfect. I was going to make this perfect dinner, this like roasted chicken and amazing sides, and we were going to have perfect Christmas music playing, and the lights from the Christmas tree were just going to be so perfect, and I was just fixated on making this perfect. And y'all, I almost poisoned us. Okay, so I'm in the kitchen trying to, you know, make this perfect feast. And the sink was totally clogged, like really clogged. So Raj went out and got some Drano, put it in the sink, and like nothing happened. So I was like, okay, this is a bust. This is not working. I'm going to go look for a DIY version of this. So I go online and it says use 
baking soda and vinegar. I'm like, great. Baking soda and vinegar seems to fix everything. So I go and I start to pour the vinegar down the drain. I swear to God, it's like in my hand, slowly dripping down. Raj comes in the kitchen and he looks at me and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, the Drano didn't work. I'm putting vinegar and baking soda because that's going to actually work. And he was like, do you not know that Drano and vinegar make a poisonous gas and we could die anytime? Y'all, when I tell you, we were running around the house, opening up every window, turning on fans. We made these makeshift masks for ourselves out of pants. And we're just running around on this perfect, quote unquote, day. And it's freezing inside the house. And maybe there's gas that's slowly trying to kill us. And we look ridiculous. And I was just like, in my head, you ruined this perfect day. This is so far from perfect, Sharin. You really messed this up. And then all of a sudden, Raj and I just both started to laugh. We started to laugh at how ridiculous this situation was. We started to laugh at how ridiculous we looked. And if you're on the newsletter, I'm going to include a picture of us with our pants around our faces. And if you're not on the newsletter, get on the newsletter. This was so far from this perfect idea I had in my head, but it was perfect. It was perfect. And when I look back on it, you know, if I had created those three feelings or values, For me and Raj, they probably would have been something like connected, playful, and joyful. And that's exactly what that moment was for us, running around the house, being total goofs, trying not to die. We were certainly connected. We finally got to a point where we were playful, and it was this really fun moment of joy for us. But had I stuck to this expectation I had of the day being perfect, I would have really lost sight of how actually perfect it was in its imperfect, dangerous way. So love, before we get deep into the holidays, I really want you to take a moment and ask yourself, intentionally ask yourself, what are the three to five feelings or values that I want to prioritize this holiday season? These three to five words are going to be your guiding light. They are going to be your compass as you navigate the next few weeks. Our three to five values, three to five feelings are really key because they remind us what is most important. Because not everything is going to go the way you expected. Not everything is going to go the way you had hoped or planned. And what the three to five feelings or values allow us to do is come back to what is your truest desire. And your truest desire isn't to have a perfect Christmas meal. It's to have a really connected, wonderful night with your partner or your family. So thinking of what these three to five feelings or values are for you and getting really creative in how you can create, cultivate, and prioritize them. Right? I didn't know that by almost poisoning myself and my husband, we were going to have a really connected, fun, and joyful time. But you know what? We sure as heck did. And we both survived to tell the tale, which is also very important. (laughs) All right. So now we're going to move on to our third 
tool in our holiday thrival toolkit. And that is the sacred pause. The sacred pause is an idea in Buddhism. And the sacred pause is this brief moment in time between a trigger and how we either respond or react, right? So it's that tiny moment in time between when your mom says that thing about your weight or your body and how you answer back. It's that small moment in time when you go to the grocery store and nothing you need for that incredible recipe is on the shelves and you either lose it or you don't. It's that very small moment in time when we can either react or respond. So what do I mean by react versus respond? And I'm using those two words really intentionally here. To describe the difference to you, I want to tell you about the energetic differences behind a reaction and a response. When we react to a stimulus or to a trigger, it's often very unconscious, right? So a reaction is unconscious. It's knee-jerk and automatic. It's like we're not even thinking about what we're doing or saying we just do it. A response, on the other hand, is actually very conscious, right? We are consciously responding. It's deliberate. It is very intentional. And even if that intentionality, that deliberateness is like two seconds of intention, it is a conscious moment where you really decide how you're going to respond to what just happened. So a reaction would be you yelling at your mom. Or a reaction would be you having a total meltdown in the grocery store, right? Maybe not externally, but internally. We have all had those moments of reacting to a trigger. Now, I'm not saying that yelling at our parents is sometimes unwarranted, right? Sometimes you're like, hey, get off my back. But I also know that when we react to things, right, when we are reacting to a stimulus, it's actually really energetically draining for us, right? Whether it's in the moment or after when we're just like depleted and tired and we're kind of going down that shame spiral of why we yelled at them and why we reacted that way, right? So it can be very draining for us to constantly be reacting to everything that's happening around us. Now, a response, on the other hand, is a very conscious, intentional response. And it's found in that moment of the sacred pause. A response is only possible with a sacred pause. We need to take a slight, brief moment in time to really gather ourselves, to anchor ourselves, so that then we can choose how we want to respond, what we want to say or maybe not say. Maybe we need to leave the room. Maybe we need to diffuse the situation. Viktor Frankl has this excellent quote, and it sums up what we are talking about. He says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response, lies our growth and our freedom. So in that moment of the pause, we're really just 
centering ourselves, coming back to ourselves, taking a deep breath in, whether that's literally or metaphorically. We really ground ourselves, root ourselves perhaps in our feelings and values, right? So if I'm here in community with my family, what are my values? Okay, if those are my values, how do I want to respond? And that doesn't mean that we have to just take the crap that people are saying at us, but maybe we can respond in a way that is more grounded, that is more true to what we actually want to express. Because sometimes when we are reacting, you know, we do say certain things that are on our mind that are truths, but we also sometimes say really unkind things, things that we kind of really have to then repair, right? We have to spend lots of time repairing and backtracking and quote unquote fixing. And it's just like so tiring, right? So love, practicing the sacred pause, I really want to tell you, is a practice. If you want to kind of get ready for the holiday season, kind of get ready like Rocky, what I really recommend for you to do is to take a couple past circumstances when you know that you reacted to a situation and see if you can kind of like play it like a movie and pause it in that moment between the trigger and how you reacted. And pausing it and thinking, okay, if I had a moment to take a breath here and to really center myself and ask myself, how do I want to respond in this moment? What would serve me best? What could connect me to my feelings and values best? And see what comes from there, right? So using those past experiences as an example. Whenever I give this practice of the sacred pause to clients, I always tell them that the first step is just becoming aware of the fact that there is a moment, a moment to pause. Because oftentimes, we don't even recognize that there is a space there, a space between what just happened and what we did. So as a practice this week, when you are in relationship with people, in community with people, see where that pause is. You don't have to change what you do after, but just become aware of that pause. I also want to share with you some phrases to use, perhaps after your pause, in those moments when you really want to snap back at someone who has said something rude or offensive or has crossed some boundary. So these come from Cami Orange. She is a self-professed boundary coach. And on TikTok, she has shared all of these incredible boundary phrases. So things that we can say in response to people's dumbass questions. Okay, so I'm going to share these with you. I think they're brilliant. I am going to try these out this holiday season. So one of her boundary phrases is, hmm, what an odd thing to say out loud. I love that one, right? Or what an odd thing to say. Another phrase is, I'm not sure what answer you're looking for with that question. Or, oh, wow, that is a really personal question to ask someone. And another one of her phrases is, uh, I'm not sure why that's funny. Will you explain that joke to me? Y'all, these phrases, I mean, I can just imagine people's faces in response to these phrases. I actually can't wait to try these out. Like, I wish someone would cross a boundary with me just so I could say, huh, 
That's an odd thing to say. Oof. So if you want to find more boundary phrases, you can go and follow Cami K-A-M-I, Orange. I think she's on TikTok and Instagram. But these phrases, y'all, with the sacred pause, what a great way to navigate really annoying, stressful, and difficult situations. All right. Now we're at our final tool for the holiday season. And that is, drumroll please, self-compassion. Yes, good old self-compassion. I say self-compassion, I wanted to end with self-compassion because here is the truth. We are going to F it up. We're going to fudge it up. We're going to mess up this holiday season. We're going to react instead of respond. We're going to lose sight of our feelings or values. We're going to forget about all the things that help ground and nourish us. We're just going to mess up. And having self-compassion at the heart of all of this is going to be so incredibly helpful for you to thrive, love. Right? Self-compassion is the ability to be kind to yourself, to be patient with yourself, to have grace for yourself when you don't do things the way that you had intended to do them. You know, the holiday season is all about being kind and love and joy. And that kindness and joy and love is not just for other people. It is for ourselves as well. So really thinking about how you can be kind and loving towards yourself in every moment, not just when you get it quote unquote right, but all of the time. And especially when you get it quote unquote wrong, right? When we think of something like the sacred pause, the sacred pause is also for yourself. You know, before that moment that you're going to react and say unkind things to yourself, pause, respond in a loving way, respond in a kind way. Everything we talked about here in this episode is for you, love, is for you to take the best care of you. So as we close this episode, I want you to think of one thing that is resonating with you from today's episode. And we're going to take a deep breath in and out. Breathing in and holding that one thing. And now taking a deep breath out. I hope you have the most incredible holiday season ever, whatever that means to you. Until next week, I will talk to you then. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend, subscribe or follow where you love listening most. And if you haven't yet, leave a review. You can do this on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Podchaser, or Podcast Addict. Until next week, love.